2: Sports
0: Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show.
1: Even the crowd knows what's coming next.
0: We are back. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I don't know if you guys missed us. Vinny said he missed me coming into the studio today. Had a long weekend, MLK Day yesterday, so we, instead of our show, broadcasted the Charlotte Hornets, the second game against the Boston Celtics. Wes had a day off. I did as well. I went to go cover the Charlotte Hornets and watch the game. Went to Spectrum Center yesterday. Went to go check them out, hear from Steve Clifford after the game. Had some interesting comments. Jalen McDaniels after a nice one talked about his 26 point performance. And then Terry Rogier didn't really talk all that much at all. He was upset after the loss. And so we aired that here on sports radio, 92 seven FM, but we're going to be talking a lot about the NFL playoffs as well as Sean Payton, possibly becoming the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. So we have these coaching profiles and I should have known better than teasing when I did about the defensive coordinators, Because I said, this whole promo that we aired during the weekend, I talked about D'Amico Ryans and Gerard Mayo right after Joe Person told us, hey, there's still a real possibility that Gerard Mayo could be a Panthers coaching candidate. But instead, that interview was nixed. He is now back with the Patriots. Didn't have that. And same thing happened with D'Amico Ryans. And so they did an interview, the defensive coordinator for your San Francisco 49ers, Wes. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to get with. I mean, honestly, just over the weekend, uh, so much of the nonsense topics that I have at the top of the show revolve around you and some with Fiddy because your 49ers and Fitty your Cowboys are going to be going against one another this weekend for the right to move on in the NFL playoffs. Now we've talked about the contentious relationship that has been budding over the last couple of years there on these there airwaves. I'm just saying, I look, I just call it. Like I see it. I'm a truth <laughs> teller. And that's what I've been seeing. Do we have potential for this to get to an all-time high this week as your teams face off against one another in the NFL playoffs?
1: Uh, not really. I mean, I, to be frank, I'm not too worried about the Cowboys. It might sound really arrogant, but I told my mom that this morning, I said, you guys are just a speed bump on the way to Arizona. So, um, you know, that's all I'm focused on is just the task at hand and uh, the Cowboys are next up. I don't even see a emblem on the helmet.
3: Should, should he be worried, Fitty? I mean, he should. <laughs> Yes and no, because I think Dallas proved last night when they when they play their A game, mm-hmm. they're as good as any team in the NFC. As for our relationship, it might be in peril because he came in <laughs> to to help plan out the rest of the show this morning, and I didn't talk to him. And he was like, Fiddy, you're not going to talk to me, man? And we're enemies all week long. That's like, what you said. That was I, your response. what he you said. I want to... I thought Dallas was going to lose the game yesterday. I openly wanted them to get beat because I wanted Mike McCarthy fired.
0: You tweeted it 20 seconds into the game that this game was going to be over.
3: Yes. Last (laughs) night gave me some hope and belief that they can go on the road and make a rookie quarterback look like a rookie quarterback. And I hate the bastard diners. I hate them.
0: Uh, So, Boom. Yeah, Yeah, we're here We have a lack of respect on one side with Wes And then you just call them the bastard diners on one side I'm just telling you, I call it like I see it The relationship, the divide between you two It's look, I, I'm, just, I'm just concerned and I just keep on wanting to make sure that we dodge that. I do want to bring up Wes's day off where he did not work yesterday because of MLK Day. Again, we weren't on the air because of the Charlotte Hornets. And so Wes took that opportunity to go see a movie. I want to get to his movie review because it was not very good. So we'll discuss that <laughs> later on in the show. And uh, I also want to discuss the wager that he has with his mom. A,
1: yeah, She says he's going to call in this week, too. OK, great.
0: That'll be good. Well, that'll be fantastic. But he has an ally. So, yes, Fitty does have an ally. It is Wes Bryant's mom because of their shared fandom in the Dallas Cowboys. And so we'll see exactly what will take place with that matchup going forward. We have a lot of Carolina Panthers-centric topics to discuss, though. And here's what I wanted to do to lead off the show and as we're getting off the bus. So what I packed in the equipment bags today mm-hmm. is basically just... Somewhat of a chronological timeline on what's happened the last three or four days. Wes, it's been hard to keep up with everything going on in Pantherland. Because at first you're interviewing D'Amico Ryans and Gerard Mayo, and then it looks like Gerard Mayo is going to be sticking with the Patriots because of an assistant coach negotiation that's going on, that contract that would actually boost him. And then Joe Person says, well, wait, no, there's still a possibility. And then afterwards, that interview is no more. Same thing with D'Amico Ryans. All right, so those are going to be the big storylines, not looking for any defensive-minded guys outside of Steve Wilkes anymore. That's still true, except the defensive minds they're looking at are all for defensive coordinator positions. All right, so why are we interviewing coordinators before we even have a head coach in this organization? And then, boom, Sean Payton. He's actually available, and he's getting interest from not only the Panthers, but the Texans, the Denver Broncos. He talked openly about it with Colin Cowherd. It's been hard to keep up with everything after Scott Fitterer told us and told media – we're not really going to expand the pool all that much. We're going to keep it dwindled down a little bit. But I've heard of a bunch of names associated with this job and possible DC jobs, and so we're going to try to organize everything
1: here. Has this been the most just wildest head coaching search? Because it's been the wildest I can remember for the Panthers, as far as just the sheer amount of candidates and some of the 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 stars that have been involved in it. When you talk Harbaugh, who I said was going back to Michigan, and he is, and then Peyton now and just just a lot of star-studded candidates. Yeah, well and Joe brought this up when we had him on Friday. You can check it out
0: on WFNZ.com and, and he also joined Kyle Bailey as well and I know he had a lot more information to talk about despite only two days happening between the interviews, but Joe discussed how if you look back at David Tepper's track record, when it comes to hiring different positions, they did interview a lot of coaching candidates when they ultimately decided on Matt Rule. And remember how he operated when he was deciding who the next general manager would be. There were a lot of 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 names there as well on who could be the next potential GM. And it's no different here. The only reason we were led astray is because of what Scott Fitterer said. But at the end of the day, they do have quite a bit of names. And you're right. Sean Payton alone. It's a monster hire if it happens, and the fact that Sean Payton could be interested in this job, David Tepper's going to have a lot of money. What's interesting here, too, though, is that the Denver Broncos organization, it just so happens to be the only franchise with an owner that has a higher net worth than David Tepper. It's the only other team, so the bidding war, it could get quite high. If they're able to pry Sean Payton away from New Orleans and you'll have to have a trade package and we'll we'll discuss what happens there. But I did want to go through a timeline and then maybe we can share our thoughts on each one of these updates that we got over the weekend. Tried to do my best. Feel free to text us 704-570-9610 if I'm missing something here. But this is what I have going. Let's empty up or let's excuse me. Let's empty the equipment bags and let's open that up right now as we get off the bus.
1: We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say.
0: You look at the Carolina Panthers all the way back at January 14th. Yes, all the way back just a few days ago. Joe Person tweeted out that the Panthers conducted a virtual interview over the weekend with the Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen, who can't interview again until January 30th if Philadelphia beats the Giants in the divisional round. So we'll still have a little bit ways to go there. That's nothing all that surprising. But here's the first thing we get to where you have a switch in lane as far as what Carolina was going to do. D'Amico Ryans, that interview was scratched due to quote-unquote logistics, and the Panthers then requested an interview with the Broncos defensive coordinator. I'm going to try to get this right. Idro Evero, a newer guy that did a good job with the Broncos defense just last year. The Panthers completed the interview with Shane Steichen, and then on top of that... They also, Joe Person, was able to confirm that Patriots coach Gerard Mayo canceled his interview with Carolina. So two defensive guys that could have been the head coach, the only one now that you have on the defensive-minded side is the person that coached them 12 games this year, Steve Wilkes. What do you make of defensive coordinator head coaching candidates no longer being there outside of Steve Wilks?
1: Well, I think it just goes back to what we talked about last week. This team looks like it wants to go in an offensive direction, and that's where we're going right now. All the coaches that are in the mix, our offensive coordinators, our head or previous head coaches with great offensive minds, even when you talk about uh, Caldwell with his background in Indianapolis, and now you're talking about Sean Payton with all that he's done with Drew Brees and the crew down in New Orleans. So I think that David Tepper wants to get offensive, and I think it also shows that he wants to go out and really hit a home run with his coaching staff uh, from top to bottom. Uh, When you look at the coordinators he's going after and also the coaches, I think he really wants to have an all-star staff. So,
0: the defensive-minded guys now, instead of having an option or an opportunity at the head coaching spot, it looks like Carolina... They're only interviewing defensive guys for defensive coordinating spots, right? Marquand Manuel, the Panthers requested permission to yeah, interview. my old teammate. Yep. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he you, was you, on the team
1: you, when I was at Florida. You drop a
0: couple of these every now and then. Oh, Zach
1: Taylor, <laughs> former teammate. Yeah, yeah, Marquand Manuel, he was, um yeah, I had to deal with him one day several times aggravatedly in practice. I don't know if that's a word, but when I had to uh, pull several times when I was a scout team offensive lineman and he was on a safety blitz. And they couldn't get the call right, so I had to do it several times, and it was not pleasant. Did you guys get in a fight? No, we didn't get in a fight, but it was just the fact that he knew what he had to do, so he's coming in there full speed ahead, and it's just big contact, four straight plays in a row. Did you get the better of him? I mean, you know, I was a freshman. He was a senior at that time. I mean, it was a a stalemate for the most part. All right, you can pound the chest. I'm giving you the platform. I mean, he was like 205, so I can't really get too. That's okay. Let him know he's a mouse in the house, and this is your area. (laughs) No, Marquan was good, man. (laughs) Marquan was good. I I definitely wouldn't say that. He could bang. I tried to get Wes to be
0: disrespectful, but instead he's being uh, respectful, (laughs) which might make sense. We might get him on at some point because he could be involved with the Panthers organization. As I mentioned, Carolina requested permission to interview the Jets' safety coach with Marquan for a coordinator spot. Carolina is still searching for a head coach, but also appears to be doing legwork on other staff matters. Manuel, former Falcons defensive coordinator, Coordinator, so maybe NFC South um, enthusiasts would understand and know what Manuel brings to the table. Part of the fourth ranked New York Jets defense. And not only is Marquand being mentioned as a possible DC, but the Panthers also interviewed ex-Broncos coach Vic Fangio. Fangio was mentioned as a possible defensive coordinator for Sean Payton. And we know that Fangio was actually the first Panthers defensive coordinator in the team's history working for Dom Capers from 1995 to 1998. Just another guy with ties to the area. Been somewhat of a theme with a lot of these candidates, but really, the big connection here is that Sean Payton could be working with Vic Fangio, and Sean Payton would be the head coach. Texans, Cardinals, Broncos, also all interested. And that's the cherry on top of the big story and all the updates that happened this weekend. How would you like Sean Payton being the next guy?
1: I mean, that's a no-brainer if you're able to get him. He is the number one coach uh, with a... Oh, I don't want to stay with the bullet. I mean, I guess I just said it. But anyway, he's the top (laughs) of... Well, you know what the the times people get sensitive about stuff like that. I'm I'm laughing at you tiptoeing around it and then eventually just saying Uh, it anyway. Right, right, right. But anyway, (laughs) he's the top guy. That's who you want if you're looking for a head coach right now with his experience, his track record. It'll be interesting to see, though how he's able to do without a Drew Brees type at quarterback. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be starting from scratch, whether he goes out and gets a veteran. I think that'll be interesting to see as well. Will Sean Payton want to go with a rookie or will he want a veteran? Because he strikes me as a guy that he wants to win now. He doesn't want to waste a lot of time. And I don't know if he's going to want to – bring a rookie along he might want a Derek Carr or an Aaron Rodgers or something like that if that's available
0: so I, I think the differences in all of these franchises that are interested in Sean Payton it all has to do with the supporting cast and something in particular and I want to talk about that in the next all segment right, on Wes right. Walker at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ we'll give you our Sean Payton coaching profile up next It's Wesson Walker off and rolling sports radio, 92 seven. You can check us out on WFNZ and WFNZ.com. Plenty of ways to listen to us. The app, the app is fantastic. If you want to check us out there and you can write in some thoughts and comments on the garage door guru tech slot. Oh, the number to text there is 704-570-9610. Stanford P. wrote in, Wes, do you need a new friend? I'm here, man, because of your burning relationship with one Josh Fiddy Marlowe. So Stanford P. is here for you.
1: Okay, man, I appreciate that.
0: Yep, he's uh, he's being a good guy and writing that in for you. Simon Says wrote this in, all the co- uh, all the Cowboys proved yesterday was that they're better than the Bucks. That means Jack Squat. Do you agree with that, or do you think that the Cowboys <laughs> proved something more than that, Fitty? I
3: mean, you're talking about a team that hasn't won a road playoff game in over 30 years, I think they proved a lot more than they were just better than Tampa Bay. Um, it, you know, like, they, they made Tom Brady quit on the field last night. He quit. Now, mainly because his offensive line and his teammates— didn't play the, the 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 type of play uh, playoff football you thought them to play, mm-hmm. but you knew at halftime, dude, Brady was done. He didn't want to be out there with those losers. Like he he broke his <laughs> will he the Dallas Cowboys may have retired the goat.
0: Tampa Bay was awful yesterday. It, they really were. I mean that when we we'll have this conversation later on. How close is Carolina to competing with some of these teams that made the playoffs? And we know about Tampa Bay. They beat them earlier this season. They lost in a game that mattered more so when Tampa was able to beat them a couple of weeks before the season actually ended. But God, that was an awful game yesterday. And the Cowboys, kudos to them. They took advantage of all of that. The Bagel Guy wrote in, just joining in, but I need to know when Wes's mom is going to call in and talk crap about San Francisco. Do you have any clue what day? Or
1: is he just going to have to listen? Yeah, I think, yeah, he's just going to have to listen. Stay tuned. I think it'll probably be towards... the. End of the week All right. uh, when she will call in and, and do that. All right, perfect. And
0: then the final one, uh, Q wrote in, great show, fellas. We appreciate that, Q. He said he just drove by the bank And that the Panthers don't deserve Steve Wilkes. That man has proven he can win with someone else's bad players. The Saints recently wanted to can Sean Payton. Steve Wilkes deserves better, and Tepper should be ashamed of himself. Somebody else wrote in, are we just forgetting that Steve Wilkes exists? I don't think we're forgetting. We mentioned him in the first segment, but it seems like Carolina, the more names you bring in, the, the more it seems that Steve Wilkes is getting thrown to the wayside. Ben Johnson, the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator. It feels like there's a lot of steam picking up with that name. So Sean Payton, because of the cachet that he could bring in. And also Ben Johnson, after one year calling plays with Detroit, he did an exceptional job. And apparently there are rumors that David Tepper is, quote, enamored with Ben Johnson. So he wants the offensive guy. Ben Johnson, the young OC, the mold of Sean McVay and ties to the area. Walk on at Carolina was with the Tar Heels for a little while and we know about his ties here, along with just immediately with Detroit, having Jared Goff and having a successful season, the first one of Jared Goff's career in Detroit, the first time having that kind of successful season. As soon as you give them just a little bit of weapons, you know, some better offensive linemen. So Go ahead,
1: I know what you want to add in that too.
0: I actually really don't know what you think I'm gonna add in. What 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 was I gonna add in? I know you wanna say when well, I get a better quarterback. Detroit. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine if Ben Johnson does get a better quarterback.
3: <laughs> I mean, he has to get an elite quarterback because Jared Goff's pretty damn good.
0: Yeah, he's he's pretty good. I would call him one of the best thirty-two quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he's at least top thirty-two. Yeah, I so, bet. So, and the fact, and the fact that Ben Johnson did so well that that was a top ten ranked offense with Jared Goff at the helm that says a lot about his play calling duties. But Sean Payton was given one of the best quarterbacks in. NFL history and remember Drew Brees (laughs) the Chargers let him go and they decided to go with Phillip Rivers because of the shoulder injury and then we had the ultimate decision that would change the landscape of the NFL when Miami decided to go with Dante Culpepper who was nice I hate that we do this revision revisionist history and say oh wow they went with Culpepper like but towards the end of his career because you
1: definitely did because you just said he was given Drew Brees I caught that well I mean kind of I mean, nobody thought Drew Brees was going to turn into what he turned into. No, I sure. And then they, they came in together. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they came in together, and Dante
0: Culpepper goes to Miami, and Drew Brees goes to New Orleans. We know the Super Bowl. You get there. What We know the success, certainly offensively, that they had for quite some time, and Sean Payton brought the most of that. I, I can understand why that would be so interesting. Should Carolina fans decline Sean Payton? Should, should they want Sean Payton because of the – uh, the division rival that he coached for so long. Should that matter at all here? What about the fact that we did have the whole bounty gate? What about the fact that the saints, you know, did you know, get after, right. I mean, bounty gate was absolutely ridiculous. Sean Payton was suspended. You know, does that does that matter in the grand scheme of things of him being the head coach for Carolina or should Panthers fans just want somebody that decorated to come on
1: it? No, I don't think it matters. As I said, the only thing that gives me a little bit of cause to pause is just how he would do without Drew Brees playing top notch quarterback football but we know that they had good opportunistic defenses there he also was good at bringing in pieces to put around Drew Brees from the guys he drafted when you talk about guys like a Marcus Colston, Alvin Kamara there's lots of guys that he brought in uh Jimmy Graham you can go on and on so I think he's a good builder and the thing about Peyton too is that The culture that he brings in, he's a no-nonsense guy. Players will be accountable under Sean Payton. He plays no games. He has the resume to back it up and the respect. But he will let a player know what time it is as well. Now, you look at some of the intangibles of it when I talk about the no-nonsense. I mean, that's the same thing you're getting with Steve Wilkes. But I think when you look at you know Sean Payton's offensive prowess, there's a lot of single-digits over these uh, these seasons of him being an offensive coordinator and head coach when you talk about offense, man. I mean, he hit a couple of ruts as far as having offenses ranked in the 20s and the teens. But other than that, I mean, you look at the last five seasons, he was in the league. His offenses go 6-1, 5-2, and then 2021, he had 14. Albeit, he had Breeze in the crew, but still, he was scheming. Drew Breeze, he was yeah. definitely a guy when you watched the Saints you saw a scheme in what they did.
3: God, I can't stand that man. That's Chris McLean <laughs> on the idea of the pan- <laughs> of the Panthers hiring Sean Payton. You, you mentioned, you know, what he what would he do without Drew Brees? He was five and zero with Teddy Bridgewater at one point last year. He made Taysom Hill into such a weapon that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman <sighs> literally drooled upon him. We talked about how much Ben McAdoo got out of Sam Darnold the last six games. How much could he do? Like he could be the perfect coach with you bridging from Darnold to that rookie quarterback, whoever it might be to get the most out of Darnold. Have you still competing for a division title while also having that young guy ready to groom to be the the face of the franchise for the next 10, 15 years?
0: I'd almost be too worried that Sam Darnold would be too good under Sean Payton. And then he would be your franchise quarterback (sighs) going forward. We've agreed on him not being the franchise guy. That's that that has not been the 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 main part of our disagreement on on Sam Donald. But you're right. Sean Payton has worked with quarterbacks like Teddy Bridgewater. I just hope that Taysom Hill is not some kind of package deal with the Saints. If Sean Payton <laughs> says, "Hey, you got to bring Taysom, or you can't have me," and then David Tepper's like, "All right, fine," I Eat just help. I mean, but that contract, it was always you tried to make him when we were discussing whether it should be Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. And there was a, a legitimate battle between those two. Yeah, he's he's an, a hell of an athlete, but I don't want him as my starting quarterback. Shashawn Payton, the Taysom Hill love it, it was it was crazy in the red zone instead of just giving it to one of the better position passers of all time. Just all right, let's let's bring in the the Taysom Hill quarterback here and uh, have him take place for Drew Brees. So there's still some hurdles to be jumped over if the Carolina Panthers want Sean Payton to be their head coach. And so what you're having to see here is the fact that he's under contract with the Saints. He's under contract through 2024. So the Panthers, they would have to work out a trade and that would include possibly a first round pick. And Sean Payton talked about what that compensation might be when he was discussing this with Colin Cowherd earlier this week.
2: I think each team um, would be a little different. Mickey Loomis and I have talked already about it. I, I think ultimately the compensation f- for the Saints would be uh, a, mid, a mid- or later first-round pick. Okay. Um, now, we can arrive at that in a lot of different ways. Uh, I think Denver has a pick they acquired back when they traded. Uh, it's the 49ers uh, pick. Yeah, so they have okay, that. Okay, you're right. So th- it's with the end Chubb of first round. You're right. Yeah, but, but each team's got different... Ammo, yeah, or different pick selections, and you know it, it could be a future one, maybe where you have to throw in something. Um, I, I say this because I know Mickey well, and I heard him talk the other day, and and he was right on, and I think I am too. Um, <laughs> he he's got a job to do as a general manager. So here's why I think Sean Payton
0: is probably not going to be the coach of the Carolina Panthers, because if it is indeed true that it would take a first round pick to go get Sean Payton then you think about where Carolina is. I don't want to trade a top 10 pick for Sean Payton to be the coach. I do not want to trade that ninth overall selection for him to be that guy. You look at Denver, they have a a pick that would more fit that type of value. You look at Houston, they're not going to be trading the first overall pick, but maybe Sean Payton doesn't want him to. Because if Houston trades that first overall pick, then Sean Payton doesn't have his pick at what young quarterback – From anybody he wants because nobody's picking ahead of you. So if you're Sean Payton, you don't want Houston to trade that first overall selection. Arizona has weirdly, you know, had some interest seemingly from Sean Payton. So maybe he wants to work with Kyler Murray, a quarterback that has had his flaws, no doubt, especially this past season. But it's still tantalizing. It's still a tantalizing talent, especially as a mobile QB where Sean Payton. And he
1: knows how to work with the quarterback that's not the prototypical height. Correct. Exactly. And so that
0: would be really interesting there. You look at the quarterback spots. Denver's interested. They have Russell Wilson. I know it was awful this season. I know it's a lot of money going to somebody that was quite bad this year. I imagine Sean Payton would still, that ego, would maybe feel like he can fix Russell Wilson. You look at Arizona. Kyler Murray, yes, he's on a lot of money, but maybe you have the whole short quarterback thing. I know how to work with those guys. Houston, first overall pick. So even if you are working with a young QB, you have your pick of Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, who officially entered the NFL draft over the weekend. Whoever you want, Sean Payton can go get him if he's the pick for Houston. Carolina, you're not going to have your pick of the litter at the quarterback spot. Carolina, I don't think, would be willing to trade that ninth overall selection, nor should they be willing to trade that. And at the end of the day, it just seems like it makes more sense for some of these other teams to land Sean than it would for Carolina. What say you on some of the scenarios that could happen with Sean coming over to
1: Charlotte? Uh, I'm not sure to be able to get a coach uh, of this caliber that you would not want to give up the ninth selection. I'm not saying you should, but I think that's something to be considered. I mean, like I said, I think Sean Payton is one of the best of the best. And yes, it would hurt you, but if you're not going to take a quarterback with that nice selection or if you have a plan at quarterback with that, I think that that's not a bad idea to give that pick up. Because if you decide to go get a Derek Carr, if you decide to go get one of these veteran quarterbacks that may be available then I do think the ninth pick is expendable if you can get a coach like Sean Payton. And, and real quickly, that's my fault. Chicago has the first overall
0: pick. Houston has the second. I was thinking from a quarterback needy standpoint because Chicago won't be drafting a QB. Now, they could be trading out and all of that flips, and so that's a great point to bring up. So, real quickly, Chicago has the number one overall pick. I was thinking more of a, you have Dumbhat. Houston. <laughs> yes, But they're not going
1: to take a quarterback. But, so but they could still trade. The
0: so, and so, people writing in, I get that because Chicago could trade down, and then somebody could jump ahead of Houston and they would have their pick, but still Houston would have the second pick. So you'd either be getting Bryce young or they'd be getting CJ Stroud if they wanted to go a different direction. And I would imagine Houston could, or you know what? I mean, Houston could do what San Francisco and Chicago did just a few years back. Remember when Chicago traded up for one spot to make sure they got their guy in Mitch Trubisky? I wonder if Houston, just to land who they wanted, would put together some type of deal with Chicago, and then you can possibly do it that way. I, I Whatever, right? But point made with people writing in Houston is not picking first, Chicago is. Point being, I still think it would be harder For Carolina to land Sean Payton in some of those situations because too many of the scenarios, in my opinion, make more sense with the other franchises that could be interested in his services.
1: Yeah, man. So they're going to have to a lot of teams are going to have to make a lot of decisions on what they want uh, their future to look like. But I do think that Sean Payton is a type of coach. I mean, the last time we saw this was what Gruden when the Buccaneers did this. And they got a Super Bowl out of it. That was the last situation where we saw a big trade with a head coach. Well if I'm yeah, not mistaken. I, th-
0: I think I think you're right. Yeah. And I couldn't uh, I know Mike Tomlin has always been kinda of talked about it with Carolina. Like could you trade for Tomlin? You yeah, know, very very, very small. Yeah, so we rumors, saw, but, you, you know, know we it turned out
1: it. well for Tampa when they did that. But I just right. think to get a coach of this ilk, it just depending on what you're playing the draft, it's so hit and miss. I mean, you could stay at nine and end up picking a guy that does nothing. And then you sitting there like, man, we could have had Sean Payton, and now we got this guy, this defensive lineman that hasn't done anything or this linebacker that has never did anything for us. Mm-hmm. So I think if you have a chance to make that move and Sean Payton is willing to come here, I think you do what needs to be done to get him here.
0: Yeah, so I, I think it's too much. What do you think, Fiddy? I mean, do you think that if they're – depending on what they would ask for, what is your breaking point? What's what? What's the point where the Saints are saying, okay, we want this, this, and that, and then you're like, nah, I'm good, I ain't doing all that. What What is that point for you where too much – is uh, going to be give'd up or given up to go get uh, Sean Payton.
3: I, I think you've got to explore this as far as you know that you can give up draft capital and, and still have enough. You know, you, know, you got to think the Panthers are twenty eight million dollars in, 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 in negative towards the cap right now. Mm-hmm. So like, they've got a lot of things they got to work. You want to see this through to where the only way you you say no is that you know you're mortgaging your future. That like, even if you trade for Sean Payton, you're not going to be able to give him enough of what he needs. To build a winner here. I think as long as Tepper and Scott Federer think that they can trade for him. And still be aggressive and get the players that he's going to need to win with. Because there's not enough skill, position, talent, I think, for him to win. And play the type of football he wants to play on offense right now. Then then, then I think you, you, know, you, you see this thing all the way through. And, and I think that's why it's ultimately not going to happen.
0: So what do you think, Wes, about... David Tepper being very interested in Sean Payton, does that prove David Tepper wants to be a big player? Does that prove that David Tepper is always going to swing for the fences more so than maybe other people in Charlotte when you compare him to Michael Jordan? I know that's kind of an interesting philosophy between both of these very different sports, but also David Tepper as rich as anybody out there for the most part. And here he is doing as much as he possibly can to land a Matthew Stafford, but Detroit wanted to do him a solid. Even landing Deshaun Watson, but Cleveland was going to give him all the guaranteed money in the world. And now here he is going after the hottest coaching name out there that could be available.
1: Yeah, I think it shows no question. He is an aggressive owner that wants to win. He's not going to just sit there and stand pat and let the rest of the league pass him by. You just said it with those moves. That you talked about that he pursued and now with him going after Sean Payton, I have no doubt in my mind based off uh, what he's done in the past that he's going to try everything he can to get Sean Payton, whether it's money. Because even look, Matt Rule, a lot of people came out of nowhere. I didn't think he should have had the job, but just look at what he paid him. That showed you right there his aggression, the fact that he would pay that guy $60 million to come coach his team because he thought that he was a Super Bowl caliber coach. So I think that he will certainly go all out to get Sean Payton, you look at the coordinators uh, that they're going after, you look at all these head coaching candidates that they've been bringing in, and you talk about the Harbaugh situation and all of that, I think that is always going to be a swing for the fences type of guy. Uh, we've talked about ad nauseum his thirst for a franchise caliber quarterback, and you just named some of the guys that he went after. Mm-hmm. So I think that the Panthers can rest assured knowing that they do have an owner that's going to do everything in his power to try to win, even if it doesn't work out. And I mean, sometimes you're gonna take some gambles and they're not gonna work out like Matt Rule did. But I think that Sean Payton deal is something that's certainly worth it.
0: Alright, some people are texting in. Casey Steve said, I think the Panthers make a run at trading all the way up to number one. That would be a lot to move up from number nine to go up all the way to number one with Chicago. If they wanted to make that move, it would take uh, uh, quite a bit of assets for them to move all the way up there. Um, Panther Bow wrote in, Drew Brees 2.0 could still be available in the third round. And then he said hashtag Aiden O'Connell. So we know who Panther Bow might want, but also So Drew Brees was a later pick than uh, just a first round guy. Some other people saying they don't want Sean Payton. They don't want to give up all that much, but also, um, they respect what Sean Payton was able to do with the Saints. So some interesting kind of polarizing 50-50 views on uh, what you would have to do in order to get Sean Payton as the next head coach. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. We'll get to some of the defensive guys. Campus Corner coming up next. But first, we have to go to the first Fitty Flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty?
3: Well, you knew after the Jacksonville Jaguars' uh, comeback on Saturday night, there would be some coaching consequences coming out of Los Angeles. I wish I'd be telling you that Brandon Staley's dumbass has been fired, but he is not. Although they have fired their offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, and quarterback's coach, Shane Day, after they blew a 27 point lead to the Jaguars in Saturday's wild card game. We're going to talk about the wild card weekend a little bit more later in the show, but I'll simply ask you guys is this move enough, or should the Chargers owner and that front office consider moving on from Brandon Staley? A guy who kept them out of the playoffs last year with his bad coaching decisions, and then coached a team that blew a 27-point lead on the run in the postseason. I
0: think this is fine if you want to go this route first. Sometimes coordinators are just used as scapegoats, and really, we all know that the head coach is going to be fired soon, and I get that. If you wanted to move on from Brandon Staley, fine. I do think there was a real fundamental problem with their offense, and I understand the Chargers' philosophy of getting a new offensive coordinator, bringing in somebody new that way, not just dinking and dunking to Austin Eckler all of the time not allowing this Terminator-style quarterback to throw the ball downfield. I did not like their offense, and so fundamentally changing that, I think that can go a long way. And then if it doesn't work out this season, that's when you move on from Brandon Staley, but I have no problem with what they decided to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this shows that they're going to keep Brandon Staley for sure. Uh, I think this will be a team that if they were to fire their coach, I think when you talk about Deshaun Payton and some of the top head coaching candidates, I think they will be lining up with all of the talent on that roster and a team like the Chargers could certainly afford to give up their first round pick to be able to get him. Uh, But again, I'm with Fiddy. I think that their head coach should have been fired. That's just inexcusable to blow a game the way that they did, especially with the turnover margin, the way that it was, I just think that's inexcusable. If I was the owner, I'd have been waiting for him in the tunnel and said, listen, partner, don't even bother, partner, one of those words. <laughs> yeah. I'd have said, listen, partner, don't even worry about getting on the plane. Uh, we'll have your stuff outside the facility on Monday. You can come pick that up. Don't even get on the plane.
0: Well, the other thing, too, is that apparently, you know, Joe Person wrote in The Athletic that, quote, the NFL's worst-kept secret all season has been Peyton's desire to coach the Chargers, which would allow him to continue living in LA, and of course he'd be working with Justin Herbert. So if you're Dean Spanos and you know that, then would you fire Brandon Staley, where you have the easy decision with Sean Payton to come aboard and then work with your Terminator-style QB? And That's Justin why the Herbert. charges are the charges. Yeah, I mean that that would be that would be something I'd probably do. Like, yeah. all right, I'm sorry, Sean Payton, if he wants to come aboard, then we're gonna have all of that happen. It's time for the Campus Corner coming up next. Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I-, I gotta bring this to the listeners, and you can write in 704-570-9610. he made a comment that I just think doesn't make any sense at all. We we're talking about Doug Peterson, the other playoff game between the Chargers and Jacksonville, where we saw Trevor Lawrence complete what was an absolute crazy comeback and we we all agreed that we never thought that game was quite as over as everybody else did once it was i think it was 27 Mm nothing and then at the end of the half the jags score a touchdown to make it 27 to 20 and then you started talking about doug peterson fitty and you said (laughs) that you don't think doug peterson is very attractive and part of the reason is that he has sandpaper hair (laughs) and then i ask you to elaborate what does that even mean and you couldn't come up with anything because I, – I, how does that even enter your mind to call Doug Peterson's hair sandpaper?
3: All right, you know what sandpaper is and what it looks like, right? Yes, which is why I thought you were
0: talking about somebody that shaves their head and then has 5 o'clock shadow showing on that.
3: Just, just imagine the actual sandpaper itself just on someone's head and then layered. That's, <laughs> what, that's what Doug Peterson's hair looks like. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. I agree. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what you're talking about
0: makes zero sense. I, Doug Peterson, not a bad looking guy. And I think he's
1: got great hair. And I, I
0: can't stand him. the The funniest thing I've ever heard about Doug Peterson, though, and this was on the Levitard show when they would say he looks like what he looked like. Doug Peterson looks like Myrtle Beach. That was fantastic.
3: See, there's sand at Myrtle Here's Beach. A, it all comes together.
0: That's how we can make it make sense. That's how. Because he looks like Myrtle Beach. All right, let's visit the campus corner and real quickly discuss cj stroud officially entering the nfl draft we saw some emojis tweeted by marvin harrison jr we were discussing the possibility of cj stroud going back to ohio state but in the end it's too much money we know he's going to be a top pick and he is now in the nfl draft Wes, what do you think the chances are that Carolina could possibly select him with Carolina at nine trading up? Is there a possibility he could fall that far? What do you think of uh, the prospect that is CJ Stroud?
1: I think if they can trade up to that three slot right behind Houston in between them and Indianapolis, I do think it's a possibility. I think after what we saw the Georgia defense do to Max Duggan and that TCU offense that was so explosive, I think that... Everybody that magnified CJ Stroud's excellent performance against them just that much more uh cj Shaw looked fantastic i know he's got the ohio state label on him but i've said that i love his maturity i think he's a professional already in college with his demeanor and the way he goes about his business so i think that it would behoove the panthers to try to make that move but i think in order to be able to do that they're going to need to slide at least to that three spot and we haven't seen yet what's going to happen at that one spot because chicago could make some moves we don't know who's going to fall in love with Stroud. we don't know who's going to fall in love with bryce young and try to get up into that one slot ahead of houston if anybody will because indianapolis could do that uh you know seattle maybe could there's some teams that could make some moves Mm Let's go to college basketball, actually discussing some of that with the. Wait, ac- you don't have an opinion if Carolina can
0: get him? Um, I think CJ Stroud is somebody I'd be very interested in. And I think if you're talking about moving up, it's going to take a lot to go up to number one or number two. I- maybe number three. The mock drafts, I just don't agree with, to be honest with you. I think mm-hmm. we're real far out, and we see some some Stroud picks going behind top five, and I just don't think
1: that's going to happen. And you know how the draft process yes. goes. Guys get hot, especially after he has a great workout. It's going to shoot him up there. And, right. Yeah. I,
0: I, I don't think Carolina's going to be able to select him, but I'd be thrilled. I think okay. what he showed against that Georgia defense, I understand concerns about always working with top-tier talent at the wide receiver spot. That's a real concern. Offensive line, I get all of it. I just think C.J. Stroud showed a lot of poise in this most recent game against Georgia. I'd be totally on board. I don't think there is all that much of a real possibility. All right, now let's do the college basketball weekend update. What do you think was the most important result, Wes? We had North Carolina, a little bit of a slow start, but eventually winning by more than 20 against Louisville on the road. Clemson beats Duke with Clemson hosting the Blue Devils. They beat the Blue Devils 72 to 64. Clemson wins. And finally, we also have NC State. They win in overtime against 16th-ranked Miami, 83-81. to 81. Was it one of those games or something else that you think was the most important result?
1: Well, Clemson has beaten Duke in two of their last three meetings at Little John, so that kind of downgraded it a little bit. This is just what they've been doing to Duke as of recently. But I'm going to go to NC State-Miami. This was a program, this was a pivotal game for them to find out, okay, is NC State going to be in the mix at the end of the day? And the funny part, to get this again. Uh, The funny part with this game is that Miami shot 57% from the field. NC State shot 44% from the field, but still won the game. But they attempted 24 more shots than Miami did. So NC State turned up the defense. And they were able to overcome uh, their shooting. Uh, I wouldn't say woes, but they were overcoming uh, Miami just shooting the ball the way that they did. Terquavion Smith had 20 points, wasn't the most efficient. Then he got 13 from DJ Burns. And then big Ernest Ross, man, had the game of his career. Career high, 17 points, nine boards. That was a great game. I did the highlights for that that you can see on the ACCDN mm-hmm. on all platforms. But yeah, I'm going to go with the pack.
0: No, I will too. I mean, NC State getting another what's you know another huge win, avenging that loss that they had on the road against Miami, which was a top-ranked team, now having three wins in a row, one against Duke, on the road against Virginia Tech, and now here against Miami. NC State's a fun basketball team. That backcourt is spectacular, so getting to watch them. Kevin Keats got a little something going on in Raleigh right now. I do want to play this soundbite real quickly before we go to the next hour. Jay Billis discussed the Clemson win and how they're for real and they can beat anybody in the conference.
2: North Carolina is probably a better team overall, but it's not that Clemson can't beat them. Clemson can beat everybody in the league. You know, the league is not as strong as it's been, and there's nobody that's separated. Everybody's got a flaw here or there, but Carolina's had injuries and uh, a lack of continuity throughout the course of the season thus far, and I still think they're a ton better than than they played overall
0: what do you make of the acc overall fitty and you can also talk a little bit about that win north carolina had against louisville where again it was a slow start but eventually they get things taken care
3: of jay's not wrong when carolina plays to their potential to their talent they're the best team in the conference clemson comes to town i believe it's february 11th the day before super bowl uh 50 57 this year Um, And so, look, what I saw from Carolina this weekend, first win away from the Smith Center on the road, that's always invaluable. You never take road wins for granted in the ACC. They did it defensively, and that's going to be the thing. When they turned into the team they were last year, they did it on the defensive end. A new lineup on Saturday that allowed Carolina to to be even more dominant on that end of the court. If Carolina continues to buy in defensively, they'll start to come into the type of team that we saw entering the season. The favorite to win the conference and win the national title any quick comments for your wake forest alma mater the schedule
0: gets a lot tougher with clemson virginia on the road against pittsburgh nc state duke those are the next five games for wake forest but they've set themselves up pretty well
1: yeah big game tonight going against clemson man and i know if they win many people say well clemson was still high off of the win over duke and that may be true but listen you coming into the arena you know you have a game to play and these are two of the top teams in the acc right now my Deeks top five in the conference in a lot of categories but most importantly, first in scoring offense and three-point field goal percentage as well as three-point field goals made. So you come on in there, man. We're going to be shooting in the forest. All right, what does it mean
0: for David <laughs> Tepper and the Carolina Panthers that they're interviewing coordinators, defensive coordinators? We'll discuss that in the second hour on Weson Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 FM.
1: Raise a spoon to Grandma,
0: who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.